Hi, I'm Hi, Katie. Katie. And I'm Coley. Welcome to the SVU Coven Podcast, Little Witch Detectives. Hi. Hello. What's up? How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. How are things? <laughs> um, well, I was exposed to COVID this past week. So that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I um I, it's funny because we always do these like witch talks, but we've already talked like every single day. So I, yeah. I was like, I'm going to ask them like, I don't know. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but it is interesting, uh, this new variant and how quickly it's spreading because like two weeks prior to you being exposed, I was exposed and going through all the same like emotions and trials and stuff. And yeah. Uh, it's just crazy. I feel like when we started this podcast, it was like in 2020, right? Um, um, no, we started in 2019. Did no, we? 2020. 2020, you're right. Yeah, because I feel like we were having like these COVID conversations yeah. in our intro, and then they went away for a while. Yes. And now they're back. They're back. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah. I'm sending you so much like good energy and hoping that you continue to test negative. Thank you. Um, yes, I took, a, I took a test yesterday, an at-home test yesterday, and it was negative. I'm going to take another one tomorrow, and I'm hoping that's negative. And then Tuesday, I go to the doctor to take one, and I'm hoping it, that's negative. Is the doctor one a PCR, or is it another rapid test i have no idea Hmm. yeah because i so i was exposed to covid the week of christmas Mm -hmm. and i took a rapid test and then two days later i took another one and they were both negative but i didn't completely like trust it like i just i wanted to be like super sure so i went to get a pcr and then i had to sit in line in the drive-through line i sat there for six and a half hours just to get the PCR and then it was insane and then I didn't get the results until Christmas morning like 6 a.m Christmas morning and I had tested negative um but I the day prior I still was like I don't know if I'm gonna get the PCR results so I need to find another rapid test and I had to drive around for two hours trying to find a pharmacy that even had rapid tests yeah like it was just absolute insanity yeah. Um and it was yeah, it gave me like 2020 energy except if 2020 had access to tests like we do now. Yeah. Well, what happened is my aunt my grandfather's on vacation and so my aunt's been staying with me. Um and my aunt wasn't feeling well when she came and was staying with me. So she went to the doctor and they tested her for everything. They tested her for COVID, for the flu, and for RSV, which is usually like a baby's disease, but I guess now adults are getting it, hmm. which is scary. <laughs> right. Um, and then Thursday morning, I got a call from her um, because she was taking one of the dogs to the vet. And, um, I got a call from her and she said, I have bad news. I have COVID. So (laughs) she's, uh, staying with me until Monday. So if I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. 
know? Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're just, you just got, I guess. Yeah. We've um, been, we've been staying pretty much socially distanced the whole time. Um, so. Yeah. It seems like also it's that time of year where a lot of stuff is going around. Yeah. Because that week that I thought that I was going to test positive, I did have symptoms. I had an extreme like sore throat Mm -hmm. that went on for a while, but I continued to test negative. So then I thought that I had strep throat, but it went away and strep throat doesn't go away like that. It either like will go away and come back, but it doesn't just like get better. Yeah. Um, because it moves into scarlet fever if you keep it untreated. Right. And so I had gone to urgent care, but then something had happened with my health insurance, so I couldn't get tested that day. But then I just got completely better and have been totally fine. And so I actually have no idea what I had, but most likely I just had a cold and <laughs> my immune system like fought off the rest of the cold except for the sore throat. Yeah. Um, but with this new variant, all of its symptoms are synonymous with strep, synonymous with the common cold, synonymous with the flu, that it's so difficult to differentiate, like, what you have. Yeah. And so I, it's just, like, even more kind of scary. And then also it's having a bigger impact on children. Obviously, I'm not a news source, so, like, you guys do your own research. I don't want to, like say everything's factual but from what I've read too it's having a bigger impact on kids yeah um and things like that so it's just particularly like it just feels like we're in 2020 again (laughs) and there's a lot of like fear on the news and stuff so I've been trying to like do what I do and have like self-care with it where I'm not like doom scrolling um and trying to stay on top of things and being getting tested you know my brother and I are both fully vaccinated now just doing what I what I can do but it's it's scary and it seems like everyone I know has had a COVID scare in the past like two weeks either they tested positive or they were exposed to someone that tested positive and it's just oh it's so scary (laughs) yeah um astrologically speaking which I can't go into it because I could literally do a whole episode on it but um astrologically speaking it's kind of we're probably going to be in a pandemic for a while longer yeah um it just what with what the planets be doing um it's probably going to be a while longer (laughs) and I I hate that (laughs) yeah I'm laughing because I'm nervous, not because it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, shall we get into our witch talk? Maybe a little more positive. Yeah. Um. Actually, I don't have a positive witch talk today, but <laughs> it's fine. Um. What's been going on with me? We had Christmas. Yes. Good. And since I tested negative, I did get to chill with my family, which was really nice. Uh, My cousins, they're leaving to go back to school this weekend, I believe, but they've been in town. So I was actually able to um, spend a little extra time with them as well, which was super exciting. Um, Yeah, it was really nice. My cousin Anna actually took me to a coffee shop in her hometown where she's from. um, And it was super cute and exciting because we never really get to hang out one on one. So that was fun. 
Um, I had New Year's Eve. I got to spend New Year's Eve with my family as well, which was super exciting. Um, what else has happened to me? We got into the new year and I found out that I might be getting kicked out of my house. <laughs> I won't know. I know you already know this, but the witch detectives don't. Um, I don't know for sure what that's going to look like. We may, but there's also a chance that we won't be. So uh, my brother and I might be moving, um, but I'm starting to make peace with it and trust the process and trust that the universe has my back and knows what's best for me. So yeah. if moving, if moving is what's best for me, then it's what's best for me and we will figure it out. Um, if we get to stay, I would be thrilled because I love my house. Um, but it's all up in the air. We probably won't know till the end of this month. And as we're recording this, it is January, beginning of January. So um, we'll probably know soon. Uh, if we do have to move, it'll be end of March ish. So, um, if you're in the Atlanta area and you have a cute house up for rent, feel free to slide into my DMS. Um, and, uh, it's all well and good, uh, that timeline for me because I am going to Alaska in February because my best friend is getting married and I am officiating the wedding. So, I'm excited for that. I'll be in Alaska through my birthday for her wedding and I've never been so super excited. I'm not a huge fan of snow, but I'm making peace with it <laughs> because it's for Elizabeth and I love her. Yes. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much everything going on with me. Some bad things, some good things mixed in there. I'm kind of dating someone right now, which is kind of exciting. Um, but uh, I use the word dating very loosely, yeah. very loosely. <laughs> um, very happy with him and we're good friends, but, um, it, very loose on the word dating. I'm still trying to figure out what it looks like, but that's, it's mostly a good thing. Yes. So all in all, I'd rather be in Philadelphia. Um, all in <laughs> all, it's a good thing. Things are good. I'm trying to see the positive. Why would so you that, rather be in Philadelphia? Um, that's a Winston Churchill quote, I believe. Oh. Um, he, I forget what it was from, but I can hear it so clearly in my head. And he goes, all in all, I'd rather be in Philadelphia when someone asks him like how he's doing. Okay. And I, I believe it's Winston Churchill. If I'm wrong, someone correct me. But I can like hear it so clearly in my head um that yeah. every time I say all in all my brain goes I'd rather be in Philadelphia <laughs> yeah which is not true I actually don't like Philly that much I just like that quote I think it's um whimsical um but anyway some good things some bad things but that's all that's going on with me I feel like my witch talk was a little longer than normal just because we haven't had an episode in a while yeah so um we had Christmas, and my Christmas was pretty good. Um, it was a little weird not having my grandma here. Um, mm -hmm. It was first Christmas without her. So it was kind of weird. It didn't really feel like Christmas. I had to work on Christmas. Um, I didn't know Duncan was open on Christmas. We never close. <laughs> oh. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we had New Year's, I slept 
New Year's Eve. I fell asleep at like seven o'clock because I was so distraught that Betty White died. Oh. I like was okay for the first like couple hours and then I just broke. Can we talk <laughs> about that for a second? How crazy is it that everyone was hyping up her hundredth birthday? Yep. And then she didn't even make it into the new year. Yeah. I say that she made it to 100. I'm going to say she's 100 years old because she basically was. Yeah. Ugh, soul crushing. It was. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we get into the new year and the last couple weeks at Duncan, I've been throwing my back out. And it's every Tuesday. I don't know why Tuesday specifically, but every <laughs> Tuesday I throw my back out and I come home and I can't walk. <laughs> it's horrible, um, which has led me to the decision um, that I'm going to be putting my two weeks in um, because this job is just taking a physical toll on me. And my my health has to come first. Mm-hmm. And that's a big step for me because in the past it would have been like, no, I'll just push through it. It's fine. Like, whatever. But now my health has to come first. Yeah, um, I totally agree. And I also yeah. think like staying in a job that's not good for you in the long run, it's going to be it just will continue to get worse, you know? Yeah, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do it anymore. I'm done waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning to get to work for 4 o'clock in the morning because those are the only shifts I work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, I'm over it, so. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh- but that's pretty much my witch talk. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish we had more positive things to say, but <laughs> yeah, it's all around gonna be good. It's gonna yeah. be good. <laughs> um, you gotta take the negative with the positive, and you know. Yep, I think that's gonna be the theme for this episode. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right. Um. So now that we've gotten our witch talk done. We do want to mention that SVU and us, um, SVU <laughs> is back. <laughs> um, we had the winter premiere um, on Thursday, and that was mm-hmm. busy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh. <laughs> We haven't talked about it yet, but I don't want to on the episode, but we can talk about it after. Yeah, we haven't talked about it yet, because I forgot to text Katie that I was watching it when I was watching it yesterday. And, yeah. Yeah. But we're back, too. We're back, too. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Um, I Is SVU taking another break, or are we consistent on episodes? No, we're back next week, too. Okay, cool. Because yeah. I saw something about February, but I wasn't paying attention. And I was like, we're waiting till yeah. February? We just so came back. February 24th <laughs> is when the original Law & Order makes its revival. Oh, right, right. Yes. Cool. Um, 
so yeah, that's exciting. And then I just quickly wanted to say a happy birthday the show Janet uh she and all of us used to kind of work together at bold magazine however it is Janet's birthday the day that we're recording this so happy birthday my Capricorn queen make sure to go check out national plus guide they have sponsored us in the past but Janet runs it over there and they're really cool you can find them on our Instagram and we just wanted to say a quick happy birthday to you happy (laughs) birthday Janet (laughs) um that's all um so this episode that we are recording right now and that will be up on monday is our 20th full-length svu episode so that's not including like our astrology corner episode we did on marishka and olivia benson that's not including our mini sods that's not including the maloney of it all right this is um, our 20th episode where we just talk about SVU and do a tarot reading. Mm-hmm. And these are what, I, in my head, I consider our real episodes because we get into the nitty gritty of the show, but we also spend a lot of time talking to each other and we still have like little witchy things like throughout it. Um, so it's kind of crazy that we've made it to episode 20. Yes. That's so cool. <laughs> It's taken us a long time, but we're here. It has, but we're here. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. So yeah, it's our 20th SVU-themed episode. Pretty neat. Um, I wanted to quickly talk about this because we do need to get rolling, but um, I thought since it is a new year, this is our first episode of 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty freaking dope. So I thought we could spend a second kind of talking about, and I don't mean to put you on the spot here, so don't feel like you have to do it, but, um, 2022 aspirations. (laughs) Okay. Um, mostly I was just going to say a few things. So I usually do a vision board this time of year to kind of like map out what I want my year to look like. Mm. Um, but 2022 was one of the hardest years of my life that I've ever had or 2021, sorry, 2021. Um, and so I just haven't had like a positive vision of what I want my year to look like quite yet. Um, I had four different car wrecks last year. My favorite car got totaled. I bought a new car, immediately got in a wreck right after that. I went through a breakup with my boyfriend of seven and a half years like it was just a lot of bad stuff in 2021 so when we entered the new year I was like finally it's refreshing um and then I found out that I might have to move and so it's just been kind of like lots of negative energy around me so I thought I could use this corner for myself to be like what are some positive things I want to happen this year um because I do I did start my new job last year and I love it so much and I'm hoping to grow within my job and within my writing and editing career. Um, I, I just want to be overall more positive and have more self love and be able to find myself this year and what really makes me happy. Um, and I know with everything going on in the world, there's a lot of negativity and like doom and gloom And so I really want to try to find positive things within it this year. Um, 
2022 is a six year, which is all about love. Uh, the lover's tarot card comes to mind. It's all about inspiration, self-love, loving each other, um, things like that. It's a very powerful year as far as numerology and astrology go. Um, so I'm trying to keep all of that in mind. So my biggest aspirations for this year is kind of like self-love and loving for others, um, growing and growing through what I go through. So whatever is meant to be is going to happen and trusting the process. And then on a more basic level, I'm trying to reduce my anxiety day to day, um, and form like some solid friendships and grow in my relationships too, I think. Um, and learning to trust myself and not be so, not have so much self doubt, I think. So a lot of this year, instead of physical, tangible aspirations, I think it's more so like mental, like for me to grow and love. (laughs) Well, my biggest aspiration for 2022 is to publish my fourth book. It's in the works. I am about halfway done with it. Um, I still need some more poems to put in there. Um, I have somebody lined up to do the artwork for me that I'm going to commission. Um, so so cool. I'm excited about that. I love that. I'm yeah. so excited for you. Yes. And I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure we'll talk about it on the show once it's out, too. So yeah. look out for that. <laughs> cool. Um, um, so anything else? I don't think so. Okay. Um, before I run into our episodic reminder to rate, review, and subscribe, I do <laughs> want to point out that I'm recording from my living room with my dog. Um, <laughs> and my aunt is on her way back over um, at some point. So if you hear my dog barking, I apologize. It's all good. We love doggies. <laughs> anyway, episodic <laughs> reminder to rate, review, and subscribe or follow if you're on Apple Podcasts. Um, rating and subscribing or following are the two most important things you can do. It lets the algorithm know that people are listening to us, that you like us, and that you and it will then. Hold on. (laughs) Wouldn't be SVU Coven if I could talk. Never. (laughs) The algorithm then um, recommends it to other people so they can listen. Um, Reviewing is just really, really nice. We lost all all our reviews when we switched podcast hosts and we missed them. And we would love it if you would leave us a review. Yeah. Um, also, if you leave us a really dope review, I'm just going to say it right now. I'll post it on our social media. There so, you go. And that's a nice segue into my episodic reminder to. Yeah. So if you didn't know, we are hip and happening over on Instagram at SVU Coven. Uh, 
usually, typically, if we're taking any kind of break or we want to post a dank SVU meme or something like that, you can find that over there. Um, occasionally, I will post things like of us as well, especially on our Instagram stories. Coley hops in every now and then as well. So it's a really fun place to be. We have um, quite a little coven growing over there. We probably should be more active than we are, but that's fine. Don't worry about that. <laughs> we're trying. We're trying. Um, but yeah, so any any kind of behind the scenes or like updates you'll find over on Instagram at SVU Coven. Uh, likewise, we have a Discord server as well. It's free to join. Uh, you can kind of, it's more one-on-one than Instagram is. So you can direct message us on there. You can talk about tarot readings, book it with us. You can talk about SVU. We have a voice channel. You can watch the show live with us. Anything SVU Coven related will be over on that Discord server. The link to join does expire after a week. So you want to hop in as soon as possible. If you want that link, you can DM us on Instagram at SVU Coven. We also have a link in our bio. And you Instagram doesn't speak to you at SVU Coven at gmail.com. Likewise to that, uh, if you want to be on the show, sponsor the show, have questions for us, want to get involved with the coven in any way, shoot us an email at svucoven at gmail.com. We would love to have a witch detective on the show. Uh, If any of you have small businesses that want advertisements, things like that, we would love to do that. Um, We really want to grow our little community. So please reach out in any of those forums. and we, we pretty much answer right away. So yeah. <laughs> um, if you want to hear from us, make sure to shoot us a DM, shoot us an email, join the Discord server. Yeah. yeah. One of us is usually always by our phone. Yeah, if not both. Yeah. <laughs> and we're usually texting each other. Yeah. So <laughs> we will answer. Trust yeah. it. <laughs> um, all right. So let's hop into our self-love affirmation. Okay. If you. If you are driving, please do not close your eyes. Please make good choices and be safe. But if you are sitting at home listening to this or wherever you may be, take a moment just to relax. Relax your shoulders. Relax your jaw. Close your eyes. Take a few deep cleansing breaths. I usually shoot for three, but however many is up to you. Um, And repeat this self-love affirmation yourself today. And we, I may have used this one before, but it is one of my absolute favorites. And it felt very fitting for what I'm going through, um, as well as for this episode. And it is, what is for you will not go past you. What is for you will not go past you. Um, I try to apply this to pretty much everything in my life. Um, especially since I'm new to this like dating scene and things like that. It's something I repeat to myself often because if you trust the process, what is for you will never go past you. Yes. Um, And I just felt like with our intro and what I thought we might say, it felt pretty fitting for the theme of 2022. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yes, please don't wreck your car. Make sure your eyes are open if you're Feel free to shout that into the vicinity of your car or to the world or just say it quietly to yourself. Think it in your mind, whatever. And we love you. (laughs) Because guess what? You are the world. (laughs) You are the world. Sorry, that was cheesy. No, I love it. 
Um, I can almost guarantee I'm going to end up pulling the world card later because we just said that. <laughs> All right. So let's hop into this episode. We are covering season one, episode 20 of Law & Order SVU, Remorse. And um, I'm so glad that I'm the one that got to do this episode. And you know why? Yep. It's a Munch-centered episode. (laughs) I love Munch so much. He is my favorite, and this is one of my favorite, favorite episodes with him in it. So I am super stoked. But let's go into our summary from IMDb. Not sponsored, but would love to be. Uh, The police apprehend a man who appears one of the two people involved in an old rape case where the victim was a famous TV reporter. The suspect decides to keep quiet and immediately obtains a lawyer. Munch, who had formed a bond with the woman during the initial investigation, is the primary detective on the case and must now gather enough evidence to allow for a successful prosecution, say that three times fast, while also attempting to determine the identity of the second rapist. I think it's also worth noting that the victim in this episode is played by none other than Jennifer Esposito, who also plays Phoebe Baker in the Yes. Yes. We love a returning character that plays someone else. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which you can see with um, Amanda and Carisi in the current, um, where we are now in the show. Um, And... uh... A few other people, too. Mm-hmm. A lot of other people. Yeah. I love that. I love when the actors come in to do, like, a spot like this, and then they come back and become a series regular, and you're like, oh, we just gonna pretend that that other, that other episode didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but we love Phoebe, too, so. Yes. It's all good. All right. I put... I. I put a lot of I'm I must have been on some shit an hour ago when I um was writing these notes cuz I kept putting little like thought bubbles next to things that don't make sense. But <laughs> the intro played and I remembered when we first started recording the podcast, we talked about getting drunk and then trying to say the intro without messing up at the same time or something and doing like yeah. a whole episode on that. Yeah. And I I was remembering that and I was like, "Huh?" Is that something that you guys would want to see us do? Because I think that would be really funny. That would be funny. But maybe we should save it for our first in-person episode. Let me know your thoughts. Tell us. Okay. So, Sarah Logan is reporting on the news, and she delivers the news about her own rape live on television. Um, I've already said this is one of my favorite episodes because Munch, but I wrote it down again because everyone needs to know. Yes. Um, she was assaulted by two men. Uh, she was walking home. And something to note is that one of them had a tattoo of an eye on his wrist. And I believe the other one was in a running suit. Um, and she's a very famous television reporter. And she, I admire her strength and her ability to go on national television and talk about something so sensitive. Mm-hmm. And to proclaim to the world that she is going to fight back. Yeah. While this newscast is on, there's a woman at a hotel that happens to be watching the news and she looks over and sees that the guy that she is with does have the tattoo of an eye on his wrist. Uh, She starts to call the police and he takes the phone from her 
and she's too frightened to do anything. Uh, afterwards, she does actually get in touch with SVU and Olivia and Elliot uh, show up to the hotel that she's in. She gives Olivia the key and says the guy's name is Mark Krieger, which I spelled wrong, but I eventually spell right later on in the notes. Not that anyone cared to know that. Um, <laughs> and that it was a stupid fling between the two of them. He scared her, but she's not interested in pressing charges. She just wants them to get the guy. Gives them the hotel key and they go in to find Mark puking in the toilet. They arrest him for rape regardless, even though he's on the floor of the bathroom. Um, he says he's broke and can't pay for it. Someone from the city is going to have to pay for it. And he pukes again. And by it, we mean a lawyer. A lawyer, yes. Um, he pukes again and then we done done. <laughs> what a way to like come in. Um, Mun- so we're in the squad room now. Munch is kind of frantic and pissed off. Um, they're going over Krieger's record. Basically, Mark uh, lawyered up right away. Munch feels that it was a rape of opportunity, says um, to let Mark him to the second guy because there were two men that attacked her and he believes that if Mark gives up enough, they'll be able to find the second guy. Cragen says not to go about it that way and that they need to get all of his records and try to track down number two themselves rather than trying to pull it out of Mark at this point in the investigation. Um, Munch asks if... Sarah knows that they have someone in custody and Cragen says I thought she should hear it from you John um, so already they're setting up this relationship between John and Sarah yeah. um, and something I do want to talk about which we can get into is um, I see a lot of people saying that this was romantic between the two of them but I've seen Munch flirt and the way that he talks to her is not his flirty flirt flirt No. so I kind of playing devil's advocate would argue the other way but we can get more into that later um so john goes to tell sarah at her office he calls her gutsy and eloquent um and tells her what happened that they've got somebody in custody um sarah says john reminds her of her brother and then munch kind of starts to prep her for next steps I freaked out at this scene as I always do because I just want John Munch to call me gutsy and eloquent. <laughs> That's all I want in life. And I literally wrote heart eyes in the notes because it's all I want in life. Richard Belzer, if you're listening to this, please send me a cameo. <laughs> you calling me gutsy and eloquent. I would love nothing more in life. Thank you. Um, so from here, Munch and Jeffries are... Go, they go to Mark's apartment to look through his stuff. He has naked photos of women on the wall, ashtrays from every hotel that he has gone to, presumably to follow women, but we don't know for sure, things like that. Um, they theorize that the number two rapist is someone that he just met rather than someone that he knew very well. Um, something I love in this scene is that Munch sees a poster of like a half-naked woman and he just rips it. <laughs> Yeah, just fully rips it down and he's like, fuck this. Um, we love an attitude. Yes. Back in the squad room, they're looking over all the evidence that Munch and Jeffrey collected and Cragen gets nostalgic for his alcoholic days, um, which is a little problematic, but he handles it very well. Um, he- basically, seeing those ashtrays reminded him of what it was like to be in a CD hotel bar at night and all of those vibes. But 
what's good about this is he actually is able to identify the hotels on the ashtrays where the bars were. Yeah. Um, so it actually kind of came in handy and it didn't trigger him more so. It was just a funny little situation. Yeah. Um, That's something that happens a lot with mm-hmm. alcoholics and addicts of all different ages and everything mm-hmm. like that. Um, I know uh, someone that I used to know who was in the rooms uh, used to get nostalgic all the time for Kettle One Vodka. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very... The reason that I was saying it's problematic wasn't that it's inaccurate. It's that he was romanticizing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is a pretty common thing that happens. But for a second, I it could have gone in a way of triggering him poorly. But I think he reined it in and handled it very well. Because yeah. he was able to keep a positive, joking kind of atmosphere about it. Yeah. Um, but I definitely don't want to give the impression that we are romantic on the show yeah yeah so that was all (laughs) uh munch and jeffries go to mark's friend's house they identified someone that he knows uh this friend uh says that mark is always getting into trouble he kind of makes decisions last minute he's never committed to anything it turns out they are second cousins and that's why they know each other last time he saw him was at a concert at the garden um from here, we jump to Elliot interviewing Mark's bartender from one of the hotels. Uh, he had evidence that Mark had given him a credit card, uh, but still owes him money. Uh, Elliot tries to ask for specific like items, but it's not an itemized uh, receipt. They just have his name from his credit card and mm-hmm. proof that he was there on January 11th. Uh, and I normally don't record dates when we're going through episodes uh, because they don't totally matter to me but i recorded it because where we are in the show is about the same month that we're in as we're recording the episodes yeah which i think is interesting i love when it kind of lines up like that so it's about the same time period because this episode will drop january 10th yes so we're not far off um add you know 22 years or something but (laughs) um from here, we jump back to the squad room. Sarah actually comes in for a lineup. Craig and Munch kind of prep, prep, prep her for what she can expect. As she's looking, she doesn't really recognize any of the men. She says she didn't get a good look at their faces and asks them to roll up their sleeves. Craig also has them turn their wrists out. And she sees that they all have the same eye tattoo which I think is important um, if you're not familiar with this kind of proceeding, if there's something that can be specifically identified about a perpetrator, they will have everybody in the lineup have that same feature. So they drew on the tattoos because that way, if Sarah identifies someone, it makes it a stronger identification, but also I don't, I don't know how to accurately explain it. Like also they have it so that, um, it's not prejudicial. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Um, so what I like about this scene is that when Sarah first sees that everybody has the tattoo, she's like, is this a trick? Like she didn't expect all of them to have the tattoo. Yeah. Um, and she ad- eventually does identify Mark, who was number three in the lineup. But 
I find that interesting for people that may not know that that's how they do it because they don't want prejudice. <laughs> My brain cannot make that word work for some reason. <laughs> I was like, come on, just say it. It's coming. Um, so after the lineup, Munch tells Mark he's a welder from Queens. Uh, Sarah asks about the other guy. Munch tells her they are looking, but they want to prosecute Mark. Uh, Sarah says she wants to know why. And basically they get kind of into a playful argument where Munch is like, we're never going to know why. And we may never catch the other guy. And Munch like Munch just keeps it real, you know? And then when she is kind of taken aback by it, he starts to apologize. And Sarah's like, no, don't apologize. You've always been real with me. Keep it that way. Yeah. Um, And I think the dynamic between the two of them is just so cute because she like challenges his munchiness, you know? Yeah. Um, back in the squad room, we've actually fast forwarded about a month. Uh, it's been a month and they still don't have the second guy. And I put a note here. I love their little mailboxes on their lockers. They have like these little envelopes with their handwritten names on them where yeah. they put their mail. And I think that's so cute. Yeah. I don't know why, but they're all like so personalized. And I wonder if like the actors wrote their characters names on it you know probably because i just think that's such a cute little little detail because elliot leaves in the middle of talking to grab his mail out of his little envelope and i was like there was really no point in doing that because it doesn't contribute to the scene but it's really cute um and i just thought because they don't have that anymore you know it's very it reminds me of like valentine's day in kindergarten when you would put little the cards in your little like mailboxes yeah i just thought it was cute anyway um elliot tells cragen because they really don't have anything to go on right now but he does have a contact that's an inmate at rikers i believe um and elliot says he's going to go talk to him and try to get some dirt on mark and a potential other guy so elliot goes to the jail he's talking to the guy um the, I forget the guy's name. I didn't write it down. But he says that he knows that Mark didn't know it was Sarah when they assaulted her. Um, says the other guy was in Rikers with Mark. Um, he doesn't have a name for rapist number two. And he says that Mark is a waste of space. So this kind of helps. <laughs> yeah. Um, as Elliot's leaving, he asks the woman who works at the front of the jail. I don't know if what her position actually is. Um, but he's trying to narrow down anyone that Mark could have come into contact with. And basically they narrow it down to about 6,000 people. Um, and she tells him that he can take the list and go over it himself. And you know what she hands him? A fucking floppy disk. A floppy disk. And I know that we kind of keep track of like the technology in the show and how it dates the show, but this is one of the worst perpetrators. Mm-hmm. A floppy disk she hands him that has yep. the list of all of the inmates. I just could not. And he just takes it. And I'm like, man, what a time to be alive. Yeah. I remember <laughs> using floppy disks. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I was like, God, the 90s. The 90s, man. (laughs) It was just worth noting to me because he just takes it like it's so normal. And I can almost guarantee if my 20-year-old cousin saw a floppy disk, she would not know what it is. Yeah. Crazy. Um, From here, we're actually in 
the courthouse. Uh, Munch is talking to the lawyer on the case, which, Coley, do you remember her name? I can't remember her name. I don't remember her name either. I can't either. I don't think she ever says it in the show, but I know that it. I should know it. But anyway, the lawyer is Sarah's lawyer, but she's poking holes in Sarah's case and trying to explain to Munch what the prosecution is going to do. Um, and Or the defense. Yeah. Defense. And she advises Munch to go talk to Sarah and also to ask Olivia for advice because a month prior, Olivia had gone through a similar case that had fallen apart. Um, So this is a pairing that I actually love to see is when Munch and Olivia work together. Um, I feel like you see it a lot more in the later seasons, especially post Elliot. Yeah. And also because Munch is a part of Olivia's family, you know, um, not literally, but like they become very close, like family, and so they start to work together a lot more. But in these earlier seasons, you don't see it as much, and I think it's because of their age difference and also yeah. technically partner partners. Uh-huh. Um, so this scene to me is very heartwarming because I love seeing them work as a team. Yeah. Um, Munch and Olivia go to talk to Sarah to prep her for trial. They're in Sarah's office. And they tell her that she has to be direct until she's totally comfortable. Munch tells her it's going to be ugly. And Sarah says, not as ugly as what happened. So essentially, they're preparing her to get berated on the stand. Um, And Olivia is telling her, you know, you have to be as specific as possible. And you cannot come off like you're uncomfortable or they will use it against you. Yeah. Um, But the thing about Sarah is that she's gutsy and eloquent, right? And so she's, she's, maybe she's not ready but she's ready. Yeah. Um, in court, we have the prosecution and the defense going up against each other, filing motions, just the general like prep for trial. Um, the defense motions to suppress the witness ID, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and Sarah's lawyer motions to suppress the press because Sarah is a high profile case and they don't want the press in the courtroom. Um, yeah. and the, beca- the defense argues that you know the press ensures a, a fair trial and a high profile case and the judge goes and you think more press is going to make it less high profile <laughs> um, because Sarah's high profile yeah uh, the defense so they honestly what they're doing is they're gunning for more than they normally would because the defense wants the notoriety from Sarah's case um and I think this was something that Sarah knew but she had never actively thought about because she goes in the hallway with the lawyer and Munch and I think Olivia or Jeffries Jeffries and um she's talking to Munch about it and she's like it's high profile right like blah 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 and this leads her to ask Munch to come on her show Munch says, you know, Cragen would have to approve it. Sarah's already approved it with Cragen. Um, she offers to bribe Munch to be on the show. Munch reluctantly says yes. He says he'll do it. Um, their dynamic is really cute because she challenges him, you know. Um, Munch says, I'm just a cop that happened to catch your case. True. Eventually they agree. She says she'll take him out to dinner after he's on the show. And he smiles. And it's so cute. 
He says, okay, fine, I'll do it. Just don't say bribe to a cop in a crowded courthouse. And she's just like, okay. (laughs) And it's so cute. It's such a cute interaction. And you can tell that his heart is so warmed by Sarah and that he genuinely cares about her. And this is also where I would like to point out, I don't think there's a romance happening here. No, I don't think it's a romance. No, and I don't even care about their age difference. That's not what matters to me because I would date Richard Belzer and I'm 25, okay? I <laughs> it's I just don't think there's a I see it a lot. People really wanted a romance to happen there. And now knowing what that actress comes back to and she's Phoebe and who she's dating now, it especially wouldn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. I'm just I it's like I don't know. I just don't feel romance vibes. I feel older brother father vibes coming from him would be to her. Highly, it would be highly, highly inappropriate for Munch to get involved romantically with a victim mm-hmm. and still work the case. And still work the case. And the, another thing about this case is, too, that Munch is already crossing a line being too emotionally invested and yeah. everybody knows it, but they're yeah. letting it slide because he hasn't really like crossed a boundary and munch is a law and order veteran so like they're not gonna write his character like that you know and so i just i just don't see the argument for romance here but a lot of people do i don't and i just want to point it out right here from this interaction because they're like flirting in a friendly way if that makes sense it's more like candid banter yeah exactly Mm-hmm. but the smile his smile kills me kills me love him yeah. <laughs> um cut to munch is actually in sarah's office now he's there for the interview um he's super excited but he's antsy because sarah's running late her assistant secretary person says that it's most likely traffic there's a bad wreck on the road uh munch gets a call and he's very frantic very angry i think he says what and then he storms out cut to apartment now the timing on this is interesting sarah told munch to meet her at 7 a.m at her apartment but it's pitch black dark outside like it's nighttime i think she meant 7 p.m yeah because she, she says 7 a.m does she yeah i'm pretty I sure she said 7 a.m i think she just says seven o'clock mm, maybe you're right but then i think I don't know, because it seemed like it was supposed to be in the morning, but she did mention dinner. But I could have sworn she said 7 a.m. But maybe she just said 7 o'clock, and I'm wrong. But it is unusually dark either way. Like, it looks like middle-of-the-night dark. (laughs) Well, it's daylight savings time at this time. Yeah, I guess that's true. Which I hate. I hate daylight savings time, but that's another conversation. Yeah. Um regardless we are at sarah's apartment now it is dark outside munch is pushing past the barricade he's angry he's frantic we love to see it and he's like i can get in i can secure the scene i can go and the the police on the scene are pushing him back saying he can't go olivia sees him pulls him out she explains to munch that there was a single blast in sarah's apartment the bomb squad got there six minutes after they got the call sarah did die from a bomb inside her apartment mm-hmm. munch is crushed devastated he goes up to 
ask some questions, secure the scene, see what was happening. From what they can gather, it was a powder bomb that was inside some flowers. Uh, she was standing by the window when the blast occurred. They tell Munch that she didn't suffer very much and was killed instantly. Um, and Munch is devastated. Back at the squad room, Munch had been at Sarah's all day. Olivia is still there. Everyone is really sad. Um, but Cragen being Cragen walks right in and gets the ball rolling, really. Um, yeah. Their theory is that the bomber is rapist number two, which makes him the alpha out of the two of them. Munch says Mark had to have masterminded the bombing. If not, he walks. Um, Cragen sends Jeffrey to keep investigating the rape and Elliot and Olivia to investigate the bomb. Uh, and then he calls John into his office. Uh, he asks if Munch had a chance to talk to Sarah's brother, which we know is a significant person in her life because Sarah had told Munch that he reminded her of her brother. Um, her brother said he isn't going to come back for the funeral, which you can tell Munch is kind of hurt by. Cragen offers Munch some time off, but he says no thanks him anyway we then find out that the bomb was packed into a soup can and that it was started off by a remote uh they're arguing about motive here olivia says it's more than eliminating a witness there was a romance to it sarah's life was in that guy's hands he wanted to watch her die and she gets that from the bomb being controlled by a remote rather than just going off as soon as sarah picked up the flowers yeah. Um, Elliot and Olivia go to Sarah's and they kind of play through like how everything went down. They decide that it couldn't be Mark because rapist number two is so much more calculated. Mark was along for the ride. And at this point, the theory is that rapist number two is the bomber. Um, at court, the lawyers go head to head about keeping the case active. Um, they're the defense is trying to dismiss it. The judge gives the people seven days to prove their case, and they set bail at $50,000. Munch um, is in court, and, oh, I love this scene so much. Munch stands up and starts yelling, and he's challenging the judge. He says, whose pocket are you in anyway? And the judge is like, what, are you, what did you just say to me? And he says it again. Uh, the judge finds him $500, and Munch goes, make it 1000 <laughs> Yeah, for, and I just oh, angry Munch is like I'm like swooning over here. <laughs> exactly. Um, Jeff pulls Munch out of the courtroom at this point, and uh, Mark's cousin, the one from earlier, is now in the squad room. He's talking to Elliot and Olivia, I believe, or maybe Jeffries. I can't remember. No, it's I not think it's Elliot and Olivia. Okay, it's not super significant. Um, but basically he showed up because there's a reward and he says that he remembers that Mark has a friend named Tommy. The reason he didn't mention Tommy before is because Tommy is his drug dealer, but he wants the reward money for giving up evidence. Yeah. Munch and Jeffries go back to the bar and the bartender identifies Tommy and Mark from their pictures. The entire squad goes to get Tommy, which I find interesting it's all four of them um but i believe it might be because they think that he's the bomber yeah. it just back up things like that they arrest him and bring him in 
Elliot questions him about his previous weed charge. Evidently, he sold weed to an undercover cop, and that's why he went to Rikers, which is where he met Mark, I think. Um, Elliot says oh, that... No, huh. the, the um, thing before was Munch and Jeffries, and this is Elliot and Olivia. I got the two confused. Yes. Um, <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. It didn't totally matter that much. <laughs> It didn't, but I had to, like, <laughs> It came. <laughs> um, Elliot says that Mark... So this is his tactic here. He tells Tommy that Mark is pinning it all on Tommy and that Tommy is looking at 10 years. I hate Chris Maloney, but I do... Which, if you want to know why, you can listen to the Maloney of it all episode. Um, yeah. But... I love when he plays this, like, tough guy cop, and it's not his bad cop, good cop with Olivia. It's, like, singular, like, tough guy, like, Catholic, Marine, Elliot Stabler. I just kind of like it, where he, like, doesn't put up with anyone's shit, and he just goes for it. I think it's a good look for Elliot. Um, Tommy says, Mark said, this would be the perfect place to do a bitch. And then proceeds to attack Sarah. Tommy says he saw it all go down. He says that he tried actually not to watch when Mark was raping Sarah. Um, Says that Mark is a freak. Elliot says, you're Irish. You were raised to respect women. And I just put, ha, in the notes. And I'm not going to elaborate on that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Elliot plays the mom card with Tommy and it encourages him to admit it and that is where Tommy starts spilling all the details to Elliot of what happened um Munch and Jeffries go to Mark's to pick him up he runs away Jeffries chases him down the street and I wrote damn look at her go (laughs) yeah um a bomb goes off on Mark's car Jeffries is okay Munch and Jeffries run to safety uh bomb squad says that the bomb was another soup can the remote was a garage door opener jeffrey says that she is okay and that she wants to keep working but munch asks her to take a couple of days off specifically for him and she says if it's for him she will do it um back at the squad room elliot says that rapist number two has a he doesn't use this verbiage but i'm just going to sum it up this way Essentially, rapist number two has a parasocial relationship with Sarah. Um, And I find this interesting because we talk a lot about parasocial relationships now in 2022. And especially with influencer culture, YouTube, internet culture in general, we see this uptick in parasocial relationships. And I'm not innocent from that. I do have a lot of parasocial relationships with people I'm fans of, you know. Uh, and I think it's interesting that they were having these conversations in the 90s as well. Yeah. Um, but they didn't really have the, like, vocabulary that we do now for it. Mm-hmm. But I did in that because I do think it's interesting. Yeah. Essentially, they need Tommy to confess to them or he is going to walk. So Cragen goes in to talk to Tommy and says he's going to play the disappointed father figure, which I believe that Cragen is best at. <laughs> um, he's stern. He ends up grabbing Tommy's face and getting a little aggressive, like squishing his cheeks together. Mm-hmm. And that makes me terribly uncomfortable for some reason. Yeah. I did not like that. Um, he asks Tommy to close his eyes, which Tommy does do. And Tommy says that Mark did her first. 
and she says, please don't hurt me. Mark wanted to hit her, and Tommy said no. Tommy says he used a condom, but didn't understand why Sarah was still crying because he was using a condom. And in essence, he was trying to protect her. Yeah. Um, good guy, bad guy situation. Um, meanwhile, some of the squad is looking through Sarah's mail, some of her stuff, and it dawns on Olivia that they can test for powder residue on Sarah's mail. They find it on a letter that she received. It's not signed. However, they look at it more closely and they do have fingerprints, but there are no matches for the fingerprints in the system. I think um, it's so funny because they show the fingerprints lit up before they spray it with the thing that is supposed to light up the fingerprints. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a continuity error right there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> it lights up first and then they're like, let's spray it now. <laughs> Silly. And it's like bright yellow was something yeah. I noticed with the fingerprints too. I don't feel like they, it normally is quite so bright. No. No. But anyway. <laughs> I digress. Eventually, they are able to identify a William Lexner. He was rejected from the fire department multiple times. Um, so Olivia points out, you know, he's obsessed with fire. He's got rejection issues, et cetera, et cetera. Essentially, they have found the guy. Cragen says to pick him up, but to take the bomb squad with them. Uh, they go to William's apartment building, but they remove everybody from all three floors of the building so that they can safely catch William just in case there's some bomb situation going on there. Uh, something I like in this scene is the bomb squad asks Munch if he wants to suit up and he's like, I'm wearing a suit and he's wearing like a, a normal suit. Yeah. And they, they all kind of chuckle at this as did I. And the, the bomb squad guy says, eh, it's okay. Uh, bomb suit only makes you a prettier corpse anyway. Yeah. So, um, I just found that humorous, um, Elliot and Munch are the two that go to William's door. Elliot pretends to be someone needing a signature for a check delivery, I believe. And then he starts to leave um, when William doesn't answer the door. William then answers and Munch pulls his gun right away. Like no hesitation, pulls his gun. Elliot arrests him. Munch is still being emotionally aggressive. Um, And Elliot's like, calm down. We got him. We got him. Yeah. Um, They found powder residue on William's clothes, but they need a formal confession. Mm -hmm. And they choose Munch to be the one that goes in to talk to William. So Munch goes. um, William actually recognizes Munch from Sarah's case and points out multiple times that Sarah has mentioned Munch and the dates that she mentioned him. Uh, Munch plays to William's ego here. Uh, Will says... that rape in general is the worst crime there is. Um, And Munch challenges him on this. And William says to look at twin sisters. If a man asks one out on a date, but one of them is raped, he says it matters because you won't, once you know someone is raped, that they are tainted in a way. And the way that Munch responds makes me so happy. He says that it doesn't matter if you care. Um, They argue about how, Sarah changed after she was raped. William asks what Sarah was like. 
because he knows that Munch liked her. And something that's very interesting to me here is you can tell that that affects Munch, Mm -hmm. that William wants to know about Munch's relationship, but he uses that and redirects the conversation to be about Will and Sarah. Um, William admits that to picking out the flowers that killed Sarah, and he admits that he stayed to see her smile. He says that he was at the park when he set the bomb off and that he saw her smile for just a moment. Um, And something that I think is significant was that he knew that Sarah didn't have a good night. um, And he quotes what she says at the end of her show, which is, I'm Sarah Logan. Good night. Um, And Munch says that William says, good night, Sarah. Yeah. Um, And we dick wolf. Yep. (sighs) Munch always gets such emotional episodes. He does. He really does. And he's had to deal with a lot of shit. And it makes sense why he's been married a bajillion times and divorced a bajillion times. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's just, I just feel so bad for him. (laughs) Um, All right. So I am going to pick a card here. Let's just see what happens. All right. So... I pulled. I was really hoping the world would um, come flinging itself out, but alas, we have the Six of Cups. Um, The Six of Cups is the nostalgia card, uh, which immediately makes me think of that scene where we were talking about Kragen and being nostalgic. Um, Essentially, what you see in this card is a young kid. um, He has a cup filled with flowers Um, But he's giving it to an elderly woman, presumably his grandmother. Um, This card represents feeling like a child again and tapping into your inner child. So whenever I pull six of cups, I always um, cups are very positive cards to me because it's the filling of the cup is how I choose to look at them. And so this card always serves as a reminder to tap in with your inner child, do the inner child work, find things in your life that you are nostalgic for, but also that make you happy. Like it doesn't have to be serious adult things, I guess is what I'm trying to say. If you want to color in a coloring book, do it. If you want to watch a TV show, um, I've been watching uh, Quentin reviews on YouTube. He's been going over iCarly and Victorious and I have been obsessed with him um, because there's, it's huh? there's a there's a couple on YouTube that I watch um, Jordan and McKay mm-hmm. and they were talking about the show Bluey which is a kids an Australian kids show and they're like we love it we'll just sit there and watch it even if our son is you know asleep and so I started watching it the other day and I was like this is actually pretty cute yeah just things like that like things it doesn't even have to be from your childhood but something that inspires a childlike wonder in you and makes you happy find those things because your inner child inner child work can be hard it can be very very hard because confronting things that were hard for you as a kid and growing through them however it doesn't always have to you can find something that makes you a little nostalgic if you can Find something that sparks joy. Like I hula hoop even. And it makes me really happy. Things like that. It can bring a lot of positive energy into your day and into your life. Um, Pertaining to this episode. 
this card feels very fitting because we have feelings of nostalgia, which we were talking about with Cragen, but also um, a cup filled with flowers is a big part of this card because the child is giving the flowers and it makes me think of the flowers that were set at Sarah's doorstep. Yeah. Um, so as always, the cards never lie. <laughs> exactly. They never do. Um, that's our episode. Yeah, that's our episode. Take Just a shot every time I say um. Yeah, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um so just another reminder to rate, review, subscribe, or follow. Um, rating and subscribing or following are the most important parts of that whole trio. Um, they tell the algorithm that people are listening and like us, and the algorithm will then boost us so other people can listen and find us. And reviewing is just really nice because we miss our reviews that we lost when we changed podcast hosts. Mm-hmm. And yeah. while you're doing that, since you're already on your phone, why don't you pop over to Instagram and follow us at SVU Coven for any kind of updates if you want to talk to us. It's a fun time over there. Uh, likewise, join our Discord server. You can get the link by DMing us on Instagram. Two birds, one stone. And <laughs> if Instagram and Discord do not speak to you, as I know they don't always speak to everyone, you can shoot us an email at svucoven at gmail.com if you would like to get involved in any way. Uh, if you want to be on the show, sponsor the show, have questions for us, anything like that, all of those outlets are there. We are pretty accessible as we are pretty much always online. Um, and we would love to grow the coven with you. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for listening and happy new year, everybody. 2022. Yes. Happy new year. <laughs> and that's our show. Woo! All right. Well, I love you so much and blessed be. I love you too. Blessed be.